Down and down again. Oh. I got so high, left my frown in the wind. Oh. Hard, I tried, never try it again. Cause these niggas is lying again. Oh. I'm a black lion, I roll like a tire. Girl, in my dreams, I don't sleep, I don't oh, find her. Shit. If they sleep and they need a reminder, this is for niggas who think we minor. So, apologize for the lateness. I did post on Instagram, it'll be late, but um, I had to get my thoughts together. So, I didn't know. I, huh. First of all, welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. I'm so chemical. And I didn't realize how invested I was in this match, the main event. Um, I was shocked. Not the ending, but partially at the ending, partially how they did the ending, because it was very much telegraphed. And I was like, huh. I feel like I knew the ending, uh, the exact ending, Four minutes before it happened. And I watched it all play out just how I thought it was going to play out. Like, four minutes prior. And I was like, wow. And then I was like, then I started reading all stuff. And I knew about the Endeavor thing before. Before somebody came on, a breaking news that happened with the Endeavor a thing. So, essentially, Endeavor, who owns UFC, has now... Uh, the sale won't be official until the end of this year. But, essentially, they are acquiring um, WWE and UFC to make one big corporate conglomerate of sports and entertainment and Vincent man and the owner of uh, Endeavor um, were on CNBC this morning and Endeavor will own 51% and WWE stocks WWE stockholders will own 49% of it majority of that still being Vincent man Vincent man will still be the chairman um, we're, this is all kind of mixed into it because someone had said well maybe the finish was a result of the Endeavor wanting to have a face of the company. I said, that doesn't make sense because Endeavor has barely touched the UFC. They've only expanded the stuff they've done. They've also made their prices fucking ridiculous. Um, I think it's like $80 for like a UFC fight now. And I'm not a UFC aficionado, but I've seen some of those cars they put together. I'm like, fuck that. And I remember, and I was watching an interview with Nick Khan this past weekend where he said he didn't want to price out his fans, um, but there are options of obviously staying on Peacock, but then for the pay-per-views or premium live events, whatever they want to call them, essentially making those like 50, 60 bucks, right? Now, we both know because WrestleMania is two nights now, that's going to be 60 bucks a night. So 120 bucks for WrestleMania. Let me tell you something, motherfuckers. I ain't paying for that shit. This is the mile they got me used to. Now, I will say I do pay for um, AEW pay-per-views. There's only four of those a year. I'm not paying 60, 70 bucks for B-level pay-per-views. Not going to understand if we're talking about WrestleMania, the Rumble, uh, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, stuff like that. But at that point, then, what's the purpose of you having Peacock? Because some people I know only have Peacock for the pay-per-views. They don't watch the classic content. They only watch it for the pay-per-views. Me personally, um, my sister watches my Peacock. So that sounded really weird. My sister watches uh, my app, <laughs> uh, uses my app, I should say that. Um, and um, she enjoys the office on there. Like me personally, I don't just use Peacock for WWE. 
I watch Chicago PD on there. I watch Everybody Loves Raymond on there. Um, and from time to time, they might have a movie or something. I might like just cut it on, just have it as background noise. Um, but it's one of those things where that's a strong possibility now. And now it makes him a $21 billion giant in the same realm with UFC, which is a powerhouse. But what we saw last night was like the end of an era. That would be the le- that would be the last Vince McMahon led pe- WrestleMania after seventy years. That would be the last McMahon WrestleMania. Um, there's a lot to take in there. I don't even know where to start. So, all right, let's just start with the sale first. Then we'll get into WrestleMania. So essentially, the sale it makes Endeavor a powerhouse. You know, but like I said, the thing that I can say is I'm not the biggest UFC fan, but I've noticed that they have barely touched UFC. They've only expanded it. You know, WWE has been doing a great job of their own of expanding themselves, obviously. But like the fact that they barely even touched it, even after Dana White smacked his wife on, I don't think was there, was there ever like repercussions for that. Like not public repercussions, but you know, he's still in place. You know, um, it makes things interesting. Um, the good thing is no one should have any moral dilemmas here. The Saudis don't own it, you know. Um, I I don't even know what thing about this right now since it's official. Since it's officially, it won't be official until later this year, but it's official, I guess. Um, hmm. I don't. I I I, I think I'll have to do a, a a show about this later in the month, later in the week, when I have all my thoughts put together about it. So, uh, my my all all of my full thoughts put together on it. Um, let's get to WrestleMania though. And night two was nowhere near as good as night one. Night two, as a matter of fact, was really shitty. And here's my thing. You had a good match with Bianca Belair and Oscar, but I could have cared less because their buildup was dog shit, but they had a great match. The theme of this night was retaining last year. I mean, excuse me, last night was more of a changing of the guard. Tag team titles were, you know, changed. The women's championship was changed. Uh, SmackDown. Tonight was just, are we, I think, I guess there, I guess Triple H's idea was long-term reigns and accolades. And um, I'm interested to see where these stories go after here. Because Gunther retaining... Like they tra- they trade in WrestleMania moments for fake accolades, and it was very strange. Like example, Brock Lesnar versus Omos, right? It was not disrespectful. It was all like three minutes. Brock got the visual of F five up and pinning Omos. I mean, it, it wasn't disrespectful. Sad thing is, it was better than the Austin Theory John Cena match. But who cares about this match? No one wants. No one. I, I don't care what anyone says. No one paid money to see fucking Omos. It's just honestly. Then you had the second match of the night, which was the showcase match for the women, where you, Ronda Rousey was clearly too hurt to even wrestle because she didn't do anything besides put an armbar in on Shotzi. Like legitimately, this was not good. This was, and the thing is, I felt bad for these women because the men's showcase was so good. And I was like, there's no way. There's a bunch of makeshift tag teams outside of Shayna and Ronda. 
Like, so like, it's not going to be anywhere near good. And it wasn't good. It was actually awful. I know I didn't care about it. And like Rousey, you could tell she was hurt. She couldn't do anything. And you could tell they didn't want her doing anything. Um, so that was horrible. So now you're 0 for 2 on these matches. Then this is where we picked up. Number three was Gunther defeating the Intercontinental Championship against Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Um, this was what it was supposed to be. This is what it was. This is what we all knew it could be. And what it was more. This is an early match of the year contender. And they beat the hell out of each other. And it was fantastic. This I couldn't say anything more glowing about it. Except it was fan-fucking-tastic. And um, I was just surprised that Gunther retained. Like, cause Gunther, I, I actually, I actually assumed he's in that saying this, he can't happen now, but it's like, I assumed he was going to be king of the ring and then eventually be the one to beat Cody Rhodes for the WWE championship. Um, not saying these things still can't happen, but it's just the, the all this whole booking night was very weird and they got what they wanted. The, the, you're talking not just about their sale, but about the creative on it. And I, I just don't think Gunther should be pinned until he loses that WWE championship. And so I'm just sitting back like, that was an interesting decision. He pins Drew McIntyre, so Sheamus is not pinned. But Sheamus also doesn't get his moment for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, then you move on to Bianca Belair versus Asuka, which was an excellent match. Unfortunately, they had dog shit for fucking creative. And Asuka said that women's division is boring. It is. Ronda said the same thing. Like, Triple H has a lot of work to do. And I just had Jonathan Esther message me this week, last week now, excuse me, and say he can't think of a woman's storyline that's been compelling as the lo- No, no shit, dumb fuck. No fucking shit. Holy shit. No dumb sh- shit. No shit. No fuck, dumb fuck. Like, no. I can't think of a compelling woman's story since the man. And even then, they made that so confusing for reasons and that was whole that was all becky lynch and that was all the fans turning against wwe's creative um this is an excellent match then we got to the demon versus edge um the entrances were i look here i've been very vocal about my lack of edge fandom. I'm just not an edge guy. Um, and, and it's funny because I got hit with my DMs. And they said, man, you kind of sound kind of, a lot of people say you kind of sound uncertain about your pick with Cody. I was actually more certain about that than I was about this match. I legit, in my heart, was like, Edge is going to win, but Finn needs to win. I want Finn to win. Sure enough, I wrote, here's my notes right here. The demon won, the demon is dead, which we already knew, but, Finn, but Edge won. I said, why? I, I maintain this, and I will say this, and I, I think Edge is a very selfish wrestler, which is not surprising because there's plenty of other wrestlers, but I just think he's a, I think he's just, I don't know, dude, he's not very, like, who has he elevated since he's been back? This is not elevating. He beat Seth Rollins in their two, he won two, two out of three matches. He hasn't really elevated. Every time he loses, it by chicanery. Like Edge is Teflon. Edge is not the Edge can lose and be fine. Edge is on that level of Jericho and Brian Danielson to where a loss does not hurt him. People will still people actually feel more sympathy for him, but they won't turn against him. They love him. 
I think he has way too much say in his creative. Like, um, and I seen that, and Finn Balor posted on uh, his social media the gash on his head from the ladder. Holy crap, that's a huge gash. That did slow the match down, though, because and that, and that makes sense. His gash was that heavy from the fucking ladder, that, that large from the fucking uh, ladder. That made sense. Like why they stopped it, they had to put numbing agent on it, everything like that. Like that makes sense. Um, another thing I circle back to with triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship. Why was Titus O'Neil on fucking commentary? I, I are they are they trying to explain why they pay him every year? I don't I didn't understand. I was super fucking confused. I was like, but why? I just uh, I don't know. Anyways, then we had to return Shane McMahon. Who had an impromptu match? So our two surprises this year from Nick Khan were Pat McAfee and Shane McMahon. And Shane McMahon, within ten seconds, blows his knee out on a leapfrog. And I remember I was like, "Oh my god, that that's awful." He's back after what thirteen, fourteen months, and he blows his knee out in ten seconds. The improviser Snoop Dogg doing a people's elbow and winning the match. Uh, really fucking sad there. Um, and then we get to the main event. Roman Reigns, Cody Rose. Cody had uh, his belt on that had the names of the different promotions that helped him get to the end, uh, essentially to the main event of WrestleMania. Um, he hands that to Negative One. Brody Lee Jr. was in, in, in the, the crowd, um, well, was with his family, um, which was a t- nice, uh, Jesus Christ, what a touch that was. You know, for those of you guys who don't know the story, when Brody Lee was about to pass, um, Amanda Huber, his wife, called two people um to let them know what was going on and it was one was big e who drove from florida and the other was cody who was in atlanta he drove from atlanta and i think they met in florida so Big E didn't have much of a drive but those were two of the closest people to brody and um that was just a nice touch you know um this was a great main event match like Anyone who thinks that Cody shouldn't have been in the spot, he didn't have to fight for it or struggle for it. I mean, look, we all have the right to our opinions. And that's absolutely 100% fair. I just, he's had good matches since he's come back. He's had great matches since he came back. And when he's been put in the spotlight, he has delivered. And that main event ending, though, was awful. It was fucking awful. And I'm wondering if the story here is he needs to struggle a little bit more and they'll give him that moment at SummerSlam. I don't know, though. I think I've been very hesitant. I even did a show about the rant terror and how um, Jarrett's was more damaging than Triple H's. And I don't think we're there yet with Roman Reigns. We're there now. Literally, the only two people he has not fought in a main event match in this run have been Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles. AJ Styles has a broken uh, leg, I believe, a broken ankle. Bobby Lashley was reduced to a cameo, which was fucking ridiculous. Um, There's no one else. There's literally no one else. And the only thing I can think of is that they're building up to now that the Usos do... The Usos do not have the tag team championships. Is they're leading to Jay Uso being the one to pull the trigger and cost Roman the championship to who I don't know. I don't know. Now I I don't think let me 
say this now. This could be a good thing for Cody. This is me trying to be 100% optimistic. Even though me being honest with you guys, part of me doesn't believe it. The thing that people tend to do is once you finish a story, people then tend to turn to that person. Maybe this will make people rally more, even more behind Cody Rhodes until he gets that moment. I don't know. That's the stretch. I mean, I'm stretching it, dude. I'm stretching. Um, but those are my raw thoughts. I think I think it was a mistake to not pull a trigger on Cody Rhodes winning because when he first came out, there was some noticeable boos. And once again, it's a WrestleMania crowd. So I'm whenever people get booed at WrestleMania, I'm kind of like, uh, or cheered. I'm like, uh, you know, like LA Knight is, was over on SmackDown. People like LA Knight. Those, those cheers were ridiculous though. Right. Which is awesome. He's over. So I don't, but once again, it's a WrestleMania crowd. You know, you, you have more of the smart fans than the casual fans in the, in attendance. Right. So as the match was going on, I don't know if you guys noticed it. But I had the commentary on. You guys know I don't listen to the commentary all the time. He t- that match was turning the audience. It went from being like maybe 20% booze, 8% cheers, to 100%. And I know it wasn't fully 100%, but you get my point. It, let's say 99, they're fine. But like he turned that crowd. He pulled what Shawn Michaels would pull or what Gargano would pull. You know, I still remember when Gargano went to that, uh, that pay-per-view, that takeover where Sim versus Adam Cole, the first one for the title. Um, for the vacant title, and I remember they were cheering Adam Cole and booing Gargano. By the end of it, they were cheering Gargano, and that's what Cody did. He turned that other percentage to him to see that moment. And man, who yikes! Um, yeah, dude, that was a tough one. Um, like I said, I'm gonna come up with a video. I, that's all my thoughts on WrestleMania. Like. I think it was a mistake, but I'm interested to see where they go. The Raw and SmackDowns after WrestleMania the last couple of years have not been impressive. So my hopes, excuse me, my expectations are none. There are no expectations right now because of how bad these shows have been. Like, think about what happened last year. Roman Reigns unifies the titles. At the end of Raw, he literally just, it's him in the bloodline in the middle of the ring. Watch me on SmackDown. He puts the belts up. That's it. That was the end of Raw last year. And then on SmackDown, there was no follow-up. So I've not been impressed with these Raw after SmackDowns. Uh, or excuse me, Raw after WrestleManias. I'm going to assume the surprises we're expecting. I'm assuming, and this is a stretch again. We're going to see those tonight. And are we going to see Jay White? Is tonight we see Jay White cross that door and go into WWE? And, we'll, and, and I mean, we know he's going to get cheered tonight. You know, but what does this mean? What's his story? Why is he in WWE? You know, will will Jay White be one of those people? I don't know. But yeah, I'm gonna give some more thoughts on this Endeavor WWE thing. I put another show out probably Wednesday. Um, but look out for that. I'll, I'll post it on Instagram too. But uh, yeah, sorry for wait, guys. Um, those are my my thoughts. You know, like I, I think it was a mistake, but I'm intrigued, and we'll see there. But like I said, I, the only thing I can think of now is the story they're going with is. Roman is going to now torture the Usos for not having the tag team championships. And Jay will be the one to cost him. He will be the one to pull the trigger and cost Roman Reigns those championships at some given time. I am so chemical. This is I see things a little differently. 
I am out.